Yo, welcome back to another season of the Black Academia Podcast, your boy T. And guess what? I got a co-host. Go ahead, introduce yourself, fam. Yeah, yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. My name is The Hood Poet. Nice to meet y'all. Hopefully y'all, uh, you know, satisfied with me and me. Yeah, assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum. Bro, let's just jump right into it, man. You know, I'm, I'm not much for beating around the bush. What are we talking about today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So today I was planning on talking about, you know, Muslim history in America for real, for real. Okay. You know, kind of figure we could dive into some of the things like not only Muslim history, but also, you know, within our the black community, you feel what I'm saying? Touch on some important issues, important topics that we got going on for us as a people and as well as the Uma, you know? I dig, dug it. So how, how do you want to dive into this? How I'll let you pop it off. How do you, how you want to dig into it? So I figured we could start off by just like, you know, talking about our own history and like introducing ourselves to the people, you know what I mean? Letting them know about how we came to Islam and like what, what our backgrounds are, you know what I mean? Ah, uh, for sure. Well, for those of you who've been listening to the pod, y'all know what time it is with me. I'm not going to go into too many details, but since the beginning of the pod up until now, obviously a couple years have passed, so we're going on 10 years of being Muslim, alhamdulillah. Um, and inshallah, uh, I die upon the hawk and, and die as a Muslim. Uh, I, you know, y'all know how I am. I'm a private person. So I'll say this. I have my own struggles and, and trying to find God, trying to fill the void, um, looking looking for what the meaning of my life is, what my purpose is. Um, alhamdulillah, I found that in Islam. Um, not perfect, just striving. And, and Islam is a journey. That's what it is. And so my journey is a story that continues to be told. Um, and, and in my case, continues to be walked. Because I'm not one that likes to talk talk a lot about, you know, what I'm doing and what I've been through. However, when people see the walk, when people see how you carry yourself, where you came from, as, to, as opposed to where you are, they can see that you're taking the necessary steps to grow and change and get better. So that's 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 just me. I'll, I'll let you take the floor and, and let them explore more of who you are because they know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, similarly to you, you know, from Ohio. Yes, sir. Uh, not no cra- not too crazy of a story, you know. Pretty typically untypical, you know what I mean? But uh, I came to Islam in 2018. Prior to that, you know, I was brought up in a Christian household. My mom is Christian. My grandparents are Christian. Went to the Baptist church growing up, uh, kind of straight away from the church and went down, you know, into what what our society is uh, more tapped into as far as like, you know, getting into the streets and doing things like that in my teenage years. And then, you know, as an adult, life's humbling, man, and it me quick at a young age, you know what I'm saying? So with that being the case, I feel like it just led me back to believing that there was a God because I kind of like strayed away from that and through those humbling processes and do educate myself as well you know came to came to Islam in 2018 at the age of 22 you know what I mean but uh then when you became Muslim was it here or was it in Texas it was in Texas okay, okay. yo I, I was 23 and I was in Texas I, I was seeking I was seeking out God you know in my own way um through through chaos though like I if if that's the best way to put it like I was going through something <laughs> as as Kendrick would say um, I was I was going through something internally um, I will say this and then, you know I've I've said it in previous pods like a lot of people don't know didn't know um, and if you you know listen to me in the past whether that been old music or poetry you know that I was a person who went through suicide. Um, situations um and that really messed with my head for real for real because you know people look at you from the outside in or or the image that i portrayed from the outside um wanting to look a certain type of way but internally i was not okay um i was i was i'm not gonna say i was fighting demons um i was fighting myself i was i was fighting against my 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 internal soul um you know, doing things on the outside that didn't, that was in direct contradiction to what was on the inside. Um, wanting, wanting to seek out the approval of others, um, whether that been certain girls at the time, 
guys I hung with, things of that nature. And then deep down, knowing those things that I was doing was pricking my soul for real, for real. So um, I was lost and seeking here, and I, I took that journey to Texas with me. And then um, I encountered a brother and then a couple of other brothers at the martial arts uh, studio that I trained at. And the rest of history from there, it took Shahada in the parking lot after you know, like a year or so of listening and asking questions and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, long, long journey thus far and, and one I hope to continue. Inshallah, may Allah be pleased with me, have mercy upon me, and you as well, and all the brothers and sisters of the month. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What do you feel like it needs to be a black, um, well, uh, okay, so in in English language, you know, we play with uh, adjectives describing yeah, words. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? But I feel like it's always proper to address us as Muslim first. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, but it comes off to the tongue. It sounds wrong to to a naked ear to hear Muslim Black American. You know, <laughs> most people will say Black Muslim American. Right, 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 right. But I feel like it, to put it in its proper context, really, we Muslim Black Americans. You feel what I'm saying? So, what do you feel like that means to you to be that? Genuinely, it should mean equality, mm-hmm. because Islam would sit down to us to put everybody on equal playing field. Mm-hmm. So deep down in my heart, I know that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Now I have experiences that tell me otherwise. Um, but humans are going to human, people are going to people, and we don't oftentimes follow the things that we know we should follow. We don't oftentimes do the things that we know we should do. So I would say that um, from what I know in the teachings and what I know from the Quran and what I know from the Sunnah, that being a Muslim black man is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even from you know, the story of Bilal, mm-hmm. beautiful human. Um, struggled though, he struggled yeah. to be Muslim, he struggled. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, know, I know it to be a beautiful thing, however, I know it to be a struggle. Yeah. I know it to be a to to be a fight, to be still looked at as lesser than, mm-hmm. um, but to still have the strength, knowing the truth, right? So it's one thing to be frustrated about the surroundings and the community and things that might not go your way or people might treat you a certain type of way. And earlier on, those things definitely triggered me, mm-hmm. because I'm not gonna say. Uh, pro-black neighbor, uh, neighborhood or pro-black family or pro-black household. I'm not going to say that because I don't I don't really want to use those terms. Mm-hmm. But my mom took the time to educate me on black history. Mm-hmm. Like, real black history, not the, not your typical Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, in-school education, like real black history. Right. So I have some legitimate, like, feelings about being okay, enjoying, and loving the fact that I was born with melanin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't feel like I'm lesser than by a law because yeah. I was born black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's always been like, you know, historically it's been like a negative connotation that, that yeah. has been pushed on us. It's like being black is lesser than, you know what I mean? But in reality, bro, I, you know, you have to be a fool to really believe that. That somebody's absolutely. lesser than because of their skin color. You know what I mean? That's absolutely egregious. So I think that um, what it means, if I could be frank and if I can be like not as uh, politically correct, I would say that being Muslim first Mm -hmm. and then combining it, because I I, I like to say that the the black is the, the addition, Allah essentially gave us superpowers because of our history of struggle. Any any time that we struggle, any time that we get sick, any th- time that something goes wrong for us, or something that's quote unquote by by the world's term bad, mm-hmm. it's good for us. It's expiation of our sins. Yeah, yeah. So like even down to like the pick of a thorn. The pick of a thorn. So it's like if it, I didn't always look at it that way. This this is a we're talking about a transition of thought process. In my younger years I was frustrated. I'm like, yo, I came from the other side of things where it's like, I'm just a regular black American mm-hmm. and I'm struggling to, to be seen. I'm struggling to be heard. I'm struggling to have a voice because I'm black. Mm-hmm. And then I come over on this side, I'm still struggling. I had to think about it like, 
we were all put here as a test. So maybe that continuance is a test in my heart. Like, am I going to let that, am, am I going to let that go? Am I going to be racist myself? Am I going to look at other races a certain type of way because they treat me a certain type of way? Or am I going to let, uh, allow the light of Islam and being a Muslim still allow me to look at my brothers and sisters in Islam that are not melanated as far as like being black mm -hmm. and treat them with the respect that's just due from their rights upon me as my brother uh, and sister in Islam. Yeah. That's how that's how we really have to look at it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I, I went through that transition and continue to go through that transition. I still hear certain things from lectures and stuff that be like, I, you know, I don't think I like the way they said that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I understand that that their intention, we, we don't know intentions because we're not in their heart. Right, right. So we have to look at it in a way that it's not a, um, I don't even know, person. I'm not persecuting them, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not judging them. Right, right. Um, so I think that being Muslim and being black is just, a, is, it's also a journey. It, it's, a, it's a journey of transitions, a journey of tra tra um, training and transitioning your mindset of, how you see things, how you see things that have happened, mm -hmm. how you react to those things that have happened, the history, your history, because I'm, I'm in a phase right now where I'm learning more about my family's roots. Like, I have strong Nigerian roots based off my DNA testing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, because I was going to get into that with you about how uh, black people in America really have a hard time tracking our lineage back anywhere. You know, like, even, like, how they do it around the world, basically. Like, you know, they go by your father, your father's father, your father's father. Like, we, we, we really don't have the luxury of doing too much of that because right. a lot of our fathers don't even know their fathers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, we have a, a, a heavy difficulty of tracing our lineage back even by that standard, but let alone the stripping of the name, you know, the culture, the heritage over the course of hundreds of years. Like, how... What do you? What's your opinion and thoughts on like how they've done away with our? Uh, uh, I don't know the proper wording for it, but just like keeping track of your lineage. Well, we we all know that they've done their best to eliminate the the learning of our lineage, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really want to know, like with anything else, you got to take action. Mm -hmm. Like you you can't make excuses for yourself and I and I say that not to point a finger at anybody but we we don't we don't really live in a society of accountability so this is one of those things where you must have take a accountability like I got tired of not really knowing and then when I would go to the masjid and I'm like seeing um like the 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 uh, Muslim old heads, like the the brothers and sisters, like the 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 elders, mm -hmm. what they would always ask me, like, "Where are you from?" And I would be like, yeah. "Ohio," and they're like, "Nah, where are you from?" And they yeah. they say, like features and stuff like that. They they can pinpoint. They're like, I, one lady, she told me she was like, "You look like you're from this area." And I did my DNA test, and I'm like, "Dang, that's crazy." How does she know that? I didn't even know that, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think that you would just have to make the effort. Like, I don't want to pay for it. I, yeah, I get that. But like, we shouldn't have to pay for something that we should rightfully have the rights to know and learn. However, the, we live in a system and a space where that's what we have to do. And if you really want to know, I feel like you can't really get in tune with yourself spiritually, emotionally, if you don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think that even if one thing about like even with, with what you're doing as far as like finding your lineage it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to go back that far but the fact that they've erased like the history of who who is our grandfather yeah. who is our grandfather's grandfather like you know we can trace our blood back and figure out where we descend from but we don't even know like what did they go through you yeah. see what I'm saying like what did I my mean. grandfather go through or his, his father you see what I'm saying like the fact that we don't have those kind of records or anything that you know, because they, they couldn't write. They weren't writing about what their days were like. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had the luxury of learning that. And I'm not saying, like, our grandfathers, but even, you yeah, know, yeah, even yeah, further yeah. back to that, to figure out what what they went through, where they moved from, you know, what. Because a lot of people, bro, have literally historical backgrounds of their lineage. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, son of, son of, even, yeah, even, yeah, even, yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. That, even, like, you know, one of our mutual friends, like, he can trace his lineage back to almost, like, to the prophet's time. Subhanallah. 
You know what I mean? Like that's I was I was tripping when he was talking to me about it one day, bro. I'm like, wow, you can go back that far? Like I don't know my dad's dad. Yeah, see, like I can't I can't go even go back that far, but like um, on my father's side, I have a direct uh, lineage to one of the pharaohs. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. pretty fire. Like it, like when you 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 do it, and they give you this report. You can kind of read into it and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty fire. It's pretty interesting. You know, at first I was making jokes of it. I'm like, I knew, I knew I was royalty peasants. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, nah. But all jokes aside, it's like, um, our name is not our name. It's hard to like when you when when you talk about lineage, right? Mm-hmm. And we was talking about like like Islamic day they go. Even, even, even. Yeah. We don't have an even, we don't have a name to trace because a lot of us, our name is not our name. It's a slave name. Yeah, yeah. Facts. So it's like you can't trace what you what you what technically doesn't exist. There's no paper. There's yeah. no paper trail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you are tying your name to your slave lineage, then of course, like most schools was teaching, your history starts with slavery. Yeah, yeah. And that's we all know that's 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 not true. Yeah. And I feel like there, there's another mix-up with, like, who gets whose last name in America. You know, in Western right. societies, like, you know, in other cultures, it's, you get your father's last name. Yeah. As simple as that. But in, in our culture, like, I have my mother's last name. You know, my father's last name is different. But even as far as that goes, though, his grandfather changed his name when he went to the military. He just went under a different name and took that name. So, like, my family's name is, like, literally, he just made it up when he went to the military. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so, like, I don't have, like, a slave's last, like, a slave owner's last name or anything like that because he made it up. That's crazy. (laughs) That's actually a crazy story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But the thing about it is, like, his, so, his daughter, which is my grandmother, took his last name, but she gave my father her last name. You see what I'm saying? So, my father doesn't have his father's last name. Right, right, right. his mother's. You see what I'm saying? So it's like the inconsistency in that makes it even that much yeah, harder. It's to, Tetris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At best, like, you know, it's really like Tetris from all angles kind of deal. You know what I mean? All right, how long have I been knowing you? That's my first time hearing that story. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, getting on to the to Muslim history, man, I was going to start with... Uh, just give us some brief brief uh, biographies of some of the uh, figures, historically speaking, you know, that come from Islam. Uh, one of the ones I want to start with is somebody named Ibn, uh, Omar Ibn Said. He was around and, and he, I think he came over here in like 1807. He was enslaved in 1807 from West Africa. But he has some of the earliest... Quick insert. We do know... Quite a few of the, uh, quite a few Muslims were slaves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the numbers they don't have like an exact number, but it's between yeah, yeah. like forty and eighty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over were originally Muslim, but uh, he was one of them though, and he he we still have it like it's preserved in the museum that his writings from eighteen thirty one, where he was writing Arabic from the Quran. You know what I'm saying? Over here on like his jail cell and like on some parchment, like he was scratching into stuff, like he was literally just like writing it all the time. He's getting trouble for writing for Han. But we still have it from 1831. You know, it's a penalty. And, you know, slavery didn't end until 1865, which, quote unquote, and, you know, afterwards, you know, they really got into sharecropping heavy and, and mass incarceration started at, at an insane rate. You know, we only make up uh, 4% of the world's population. We got 25% of the world's incarcerated people. Let me ask you a question based off just the thought process my brain went somewhere with this piece mm-hmm. say Omar even say mm-hmm. and, and, and many of the other Muslims say they came over here by choice mm-hmm. what do you think America would look like if they came by if they the slaves who came here by choice that were Muslim mm-hmm. so they're not they're not slaves they came over here by choice what would America look like if they were able to keep their original belief system so you're saying like if they would have came over here how the Europeans did instead of being like an enslaved people. Yeah. If they would have came over on came their by, own expedition. Like on their own expedition. Oh. Or like if they they was coming from, not not searching for new land but just like just exploring the world. Yeah. If they was exploring the world how much different would America look um, not not only from a religious aspect but from a from a color stance aspect. Oh. What, what do you think? Oh yeah. From a color stance aspect it would be 
completely different because the majority would have never been what it is. You know what I mean? It would have never been that. That would have never been the case had the West African people came over there, over here on their own volition. But also, I think it would have been, bruh, the, because America really geographically is like a, is a very sound space. Like we can grow our own crops here. We can do a lot here agriculturally and economically. But had it been an Islamic perspective and, and, and you know, rule on the land when it, when it was originating, oh, bro, it would be a completely different landscape. It would be like, you know, I think it would be... I think it would be like five case. to ten times better than the Ottoman Empire. Yeah, yeah, and it would be similar to like, I Old feel like age. people would look at America like a, like a second mecca, you know, not, yeah, not to yeah, 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 yeah. sound I get what you're saying, but yeah. like a second mecca, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how f- much it would be flourishing. I also think that we would have been good with the natives. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we would have done what 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 happened with them. It wouldn't happen like that. Nah, they would still have access to all of their land. Yeah, for sure, bro. It would be a completely different, completely different look. But you know, the concept of like colonizing people in the first place is is ridiculous, bro. Like, if you look at conquering versus colonizing, why why colonize? It's such a completely yeah. crazy concept, bro. You literally are like. Instead of going somewhere and conquering them and, like, you know, going to war with them, killing their warriors and taking their weak people, they literally went somewhere and said, we're going to push what we believe onto you. You are going to adapt our way of living, and we're not going to kill your people. We're just going to make you turn into your, – your lives are going to become how our lives are. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That is a crazy concept, bro. Because if you think about it, even, like, generationally, the impact that that has Absolutely. over time. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's insane, bro. It reminds me of the, the what was it, the letter, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent to, uh, was it Herac- Heracles? Mm-hmm. Remember when he was, he was inviting him to Islam? But at the same time, like, it wasn't like a threat of, we're going to wipe you out. Because mm-hmm. Islam didn't swear by this war. Mm-hmm. It was just like an invitation, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if they would have came over... On, on their own volition it would have been something like that and I don't think that even this I think not only American history but I think Islam history in the West would have a different connotation as well yeah yeah for sure I, I agree with you 100% because I feel like you know I, I'm sure as we go through like the historical things we'll end up touching on the nation but the way that they developed and the way that that, that formulated was yeah. you know due to improper education on what Islam is really you know what I mean yeah, that's true. So, so talk to me about uh, Wali Abdul Akram. Say that one more time. Talk to me about Wali uh, Abdul Akram. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Wali was born in Texas in 1904, and at 14 years old, he ended up going to a college in Texas for electrical engineering. But, but he uh, was born into a Baptist family, and he was a very intelligent brother. Man, he invented the. Uh, the link that goes between railroad cars huh. and didn't get any credit for it though you know you know how they do yeah you know what I mean but no surprise and, there. and you know he invented a patent for a machine gun prior to that and sold it for like 50 bucks <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, yeah, do the right patent the right way. Yeah, and I mean you got to think about the time period that was right before the, that was like during. The first World War, yeah, you know what I mean? He paper. sold hats for a machine gun for 50 bucks. And, and railroad, the railroad thing that he created, they used it around the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. But, yeah, so, bro, ended up, he was very intelligent, bro. But uh, he became Muslim in 1923, bro, to, uh, I think, the Abedi. You know what I'm saying? That's who he was introduced to Islam by. But then he ended up moving to Cleveland and starting the first mosque there in, uh, in 1932. In 1932. So, so it was like a nine year, a nine year span where he was just like growing, developing. I wonder what made him relocate to Cleveland. Man, he he moved a few times, but I think he moved to uh oh shoot, what's in St. Louis? St. Louis, I think he moved to, 
And then he moved to Cincinnati, was moving between Cincinnati and Dayton. Oh, okay. You know, spreading down and then moved to Cleveland and started. It, it's funny because it reminded me of that, you know, me being a Bulls fan, reminded me of that joke in Noah statement. He was like, why Ohio? Ain't nobody going to Ohio. Yeah, so I was just curious because I have to look up more information on him, but I'm curious as to what caused his transition. With Was it willing? Was it forcefully? Like, what was he – what was he thinking when he said, I'm leaving Texas and I'm going to Ohio? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, I have no idea why or, you know, I have no idea. But, yeah, that's something interesting to think about. Uh, I know Brad ended up having 12 children and 60 grandchildren in Ohio. And from what I read, it, all of them stayed in Islam. SubhanAllah. Because, like, we get to a point where that's not, you yeah. can't even trace Muslim family no more. Yeah. Slowly but surely, getting assimilated into Western society. Mm-hmm. That's that's really, that mean that they was locked in then. Yeah, yeah. You got to think for the time period as well. Yeah. You know. I wonder I mean? if we can trace, like, not on the weird stuff, but I wonder if we could trace their family, like even today, like in 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they probably can though, bro. I'm pretty like like he got some family still around. Not like yeah, because yeah, he has great grandchildren. Yeah, great great grandchildren. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Um, but he was the second person to, from America to be admitted in the Mecca. To do Hajj. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Nah, that's crazy for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real talk. And I don't know if you know this as well. I'm not sure what year it was or when it was done, but I know it was roughly 100 years ago. The first person to write the Quran in English was a Jewish man. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They be knowing, yeah. yeah. Like, we ain't gonna get into it on this episode, but they be knowing, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. it's crazy how people like outside the religion will take such an interest into it, just to even sometimes to combat it. You know what I mean? Like, us yeah, as we see it all the time. We're we're like hard off on learning our religion. Like, we want to learn about what we need to learn about. That there's people outside of our religion going as far as to willing to write it. You know what I'm saying? And to find the flaws. To, yeah. find, to find what's wrong with it. We, we, I was he just, ended up becoming Muslim, though, the man who wrote it. No. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was just about to say that I've seen so many stories where that, their intention mm-hmm. was literally to come, learn about Islam so they could destroy it, tear it down, dissect it, whatever, whatever it may be. And then, you know, we plan... The law plans and the law is the best of planners, so you know you know how that get right. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I think he became Muslim. I, I, I remember my mom was giving a lecture about not too long ago. I'm almost certain it was over like a piece of bread on a car train in Arabia. Like he would travel to Arabia, and a man like had like a piece of bread and offered him some of it, and like that started their dialogue. You know what I mean? And that's what led into Islam. Bruh. Yeah. So, actually, that don't surprise me because, like I said, my introduction to conversation about Islam and like really getting deep down into it was I was at training not like I always did back in the day I had a cross I was wearing a cross and the brother was like what that mean to you and I was like it's just jewelry and and, and he was like you like reading books and I was like yeah he gave me some books and that's how the conversation started it was never nothing pressing it was never like hypergressive why you wearing it it was never nothing like that it was very chill Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that made me which I was way more hot-headed during that time, that made me, like, more open to the conversation, more open to the dialogue. Because yeah. not because of his question, I didn't think about, like, oh, why he asking me that. I thought about, like, what does it mean to me? Like, that was the question that popped in my head, aside from, like, nah, why you asking me that, bro? I don't know you from Adam. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? But... Yeah. So that's that actually is not surprising that that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way to, to 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 learn somebody being generous or being kind to you, and yeah. that's how you open up to it. Yeah, yeah but uh, well, he died in nineteen ninety four though, so his people are definitely still around. Oh, okay. His people are definitely still around. You know, may okay. Allah have mercy on him. I mean, grant him a place in paradise. I mean, I mean, yeah, and you know, after after the. Uh, I think it's crazy also like how like Farah Muhammad, you know, came to America and, and the things that they were able to accomplish, you know, because now that we're getting to that point in history, we're, that he, he came and started a nation in like 1930s when the nation kicked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Good old nation boys. Yeah, I can't, I, let me thing. ask you, let me ask you mm-hmm. a real question. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer, by the way. You know how you know how I write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead and ask. Are 
the Nation of Islam members, are they Muslim? Mm. <laughs> nah, all jokes aside, like not even being funny, I, I can't say that they are though. I would not say yes to that. And, and it's not to say that, so as Muslims, if anybody claims to be Muslim, we can't tell you that you're not, just based off of the simple fact that we don't know what's in your heart. Absolutely. So I wouldn't say that if you claim to be Muslim, you can claim to be, you know, we claim, you can claim to be anything. There are men out here claiming to be women and women claiming to be men nowadays. You can claim to be anything. But what are you really, though? You see what I'm saying? What, what does being a Muslim require, and are you meeting those requirements? You see what I'm saying? Are you really upon la ilaha illallah? You know, is that, is that really what you're upon, or is it an innovative version of this, you know, respectfully? Because I think the nation has done amazing things for, Beautiful especially for the community. Yes, especially the black community. You know, yeah. the, the strides and things that they were able to accomplish and moves that they were able to make. You cannot hate on that. And even like the reformation of black people, they do an amazing job, bro. Absolutely. So I'm not, I'm not throwing <laughs> no shade at them on that end. It's, it's more the theological side of things, you know. And that's for me. That's all it is. That's yeah. all. That's all it's ever been. Like, yeah. They, there, there's some fundamental. Um, things in that Akita that do not align with yeah. Islam. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Everything else, though, as far as, like, especially because we're talking about being black in America, oh. dog, they've, they've aced that test. Yeah. Like, they, they've, like, I, I've looked at them and admired the movement as far as, like, what they do for the black community, how they empower the black community, how they, and not empower to be um, negative or aggressive, but empower to use your brain. Yeah. Empower, empower you to uh, seek logic, seek yeah. knowledge, and to to be proactive in your community. Mm-hmm. Like those things, man. Is that those? That's what we need. Yeah, we don't those need are, those are commendable things. You absolutely. Know what I mean? But it's it's like you said, the theological things that that hindered them from. I feel like even reaching with the success that they they should and could have reached absolutely know? i feel like they would be much i feel like they would be much bigger had they adapted to sunni islam you yeah, know absolutely. instead of pushing these uh racial mythologies and things like that like do you want to address some of the things that they have in their in their theology that is off i mean we instead just, just pointing a finger and not saying nothing you know the main one about uh, i'm not calling him honorable but yeah. elijah muhammad yeah yeah he's not a prophet yeah, as simple as that. That, that that's that's if we, we want to call it a quarrel, that's my main that's my main quarrel. Like we can't I can't rock with that. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. We know. Mm-hmm. You know, Allah is one and, and Muhammad is his, his final prophet and messenger. Yeah. The the rest of that that you added on is uh, innovation. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't and I'm really I have to listen, brothers and sisters. I do not mean this in a disrespectful manner. This dialogue is not to be of disrespect to anybody. No, this is blatantly honest. Yeah. It's not cutting no corner and buttons on how it is. Which, which you got to respect, though. You know what I mean? It's, it's this honest conversation. We're not trying, you know, there's no uh, combative intention behind it. You know what I mean? You're just telling the truth of what it is. And the fact that they do look at Elijah Muhammad as a prophet and hold him at such a high esteem to us would be to a fault and even to say like you know they even have like some conversation I'm not saying all of them believe this but even the conversation about like is he dead or not yet yeah their tradition yeah just their tradition and even like some of the things like Farad being a law in the form of a man you know that's that's next you you might as well just say you're Christian I mean how close can you get you know what I mean you just basically took what they you know we talk about to be such a group that is against the oppression that has happened to them to adapt something from the oppressor such as this and put it into something that you believe in like wow you just basically for the record Muslims love Isa or Jesus oh, 100%. for the record 100%. beautiful soul beautiful man mm-hmm. not a god yes so it's, that's not a diss he, what he was saying what he's trying to, to speak on is just like that societal stigma of putting the man in the space of God and worshiping him as such. Yes. That's the, that's where we take issue. Yes, exactly. Because if, if you read Islam, you will quickly, if you read the Quran, excuse me, not Islam, but if you read the Quran, you will quickly see that that is not what Islam is. Right. But the, the thing is, 
I think that they have such a social agenda that they're trying to accomplish, which is, I don't think nothing wrong with their social agenda. Some, I'm with the oppressed always, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always going to stand with the oppressed people. Yes. And the black people in America have went through some of the harshest oppression in history. So I see why the, you know, why they're standing how they stand, but I think that the, the problem is taking the religion and trying to push your social agenda. You see what I'm saying? This is not what the religion came to do. It came to rectify and, and, and change your social agenda to fit the religion, not the opposite. You see what I'm saying? Don't take the religion, try and fit it to your social agenda. You yes. see? Yes. Yeah, so I, th- I think that that's, that's, for me, my biggest issue. And on, on top of that, you know, like, some of the things, like, I get I get it, though. I get it, bro. Honestly, I do. But I don't think that, like, how could I? Because, okay, when I came into Islam, you know, prior to that, I had only known about the Nation of Islam. Right, right, right. So when I was thinking about joining the Nation of Islam, even, I'm thinking, how can I join something that my mother can't join? You know, what am I, how am I going to put my entire entire belief system and everything on this and my mom can't even get in it you know what I mean like that that for me was a, was what raised red flags and that that's what made me even wonder what what is Islam then like if this is like quote unquote the nation of Islam what is Islam you know what I mean and that's what made me start looking into the prophet Muhammad versus Elijah Muhammad you see what I'm saying and that's what I think that that's where they go wrong though and I think that that's where they could have huge success at if they were to remove this racial mythology we both we both know about you know the last sermon of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he spoke on the fact that there is no superiority of an Arab over a non-Arab or a non-Arab over an Arab and also a black man over a white man or a white man over a black man you know this is one of the earliest racial claims ever you know what I'm saying to to speak against this this isn't uh, this wasn't a common thing that people were talking about in 600 700 you know AD no it was all about it was all about your family lineage how much land how much power how much money you yeah, had tribal things tribal, things like yeah, this tribal. but it was never like the, the racial content put like that you see what I'm saying and for them to come and try reinvent the wheel to, to fit what they got going on I don't think was the right approach well, well you know how like Two things can be true. Like, black people are oppressed, so are other people, so are other people oppressed. However, you can push what's the what's the what's the what's the phrase, man? Like, me getting food or you getting food on your plate doesn't take away my ability to get food on my plate. Meaning that you can empower, you can build up the black community without making it a us versus them. Yes, 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 for sure. And I think that had they... Okay, so I, I watched some early videos of, like, Farrakhan. I've, I've read some of the things that Elijah Muhammad has put out there, and I see where they were trying to go, and they really were... I think they had that in mind, but I don't think that they knew how to... Execute. Execute, yeah. And I don't think that with all the slander and hatred that they took... You know, it ended up being them spewing it back, and you know what I mean. Let me give uh, Farrakhan his flowers, though, mm-hmm. because he is one of the most eloquently spoken men oh, I've ever. Like, yeah, I won't take that away from ever. Him. And like, even the way that he used to stand up against them back in the day, where they used to try to talk to him like he was a peon, and he used to go up there and let he wasn't with it. Yeah, he oh, wasn't with oh, it. Oh, and oh. to me, as a even as a youth and growing up and seeing that, like, I bro, I used to get fired up about that stuff. Like, I yeah. I couldn't like. I couldn't rock with the baseline ideologies, but like when I listened to how eloquent he spoke, how intelligently he spoke, I'm like, good. Like this is a black man mm-hmm. holding his own, uh, standing like, on ten. standing on ten, yeah. Like and not, he's just not like he's not gonna let allow you to treat him like a welcoming man. Yeah, yeah. Him, even Muhammad Ali, you know the same. Like I used to, I commended him for the same thing. Like you know, that's what I admire about him as well. The way that he was standing to talk like that, bro, in front yeah. of the people, and to you know what I mean, to all them different causes and things like that, like ooh. yeah, you knew what it was, you knew what it was at face value. But even mm-hmm. if you look at again, even if you look at that, Muhammad Ali, he came over to traditional Islam. Mm-hmm. Malcolm mm-hmm. X became El Hajj Shabazz, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. traditional Islam. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you when you get exposed to real Islam, because I think what, what Malcolm X said when he went to Hajj and he seen mm-hmm. what it was when he said this this white brother praying next to him and then like 
like when he saw the beauty of what Islam was really supposed to be, mm-hmm. I don't think it came out as him disliking the the nation. I think he just realized that they needed to transition. Yeah, if that, if that was the case, and, and that you know, obviously, when you you have power involved, mm-hmm. then certain situations pan out and like they shouldn't, unfortunately. But I, I think that uh, again, I I really want to stress this. Like I I encourage and invite all um. Nation of Islam members to to really um, seek true knowledge uh, in the Quran and in the excuse me in the Sunnah mm-hmm. and uh, and really like really deep dive like scuba dive into Sunni Islam and what what that really is and what it means and what it really stands for and when you do that you'll see that you still have your place uh-huh. as a as a melanated person you still have your place but your place. Is in is in alignment with everybody else. There is no race among another one. Mm-hmm. It, that's not how that's not how we're supposed to function. And in that attitude is the very reason why we're in the position that we're in today. Mm-hmm. So when you look at like the, the history of the nation, which you know is a unique saying in and of itself, but when you look at their history and their leaders and when they had like I would say their most powerful point you know or or most influential point was in the 60s you know during the civil uproar I think that the most people ever to be in the nation was in like 64 you know and it's slowly been declining since then but a lot of people left when uh, Elijah Muhammad died you know his son uh, took over and his son brought a lot of people to Sunni Islam. Even there's a masjid in Springfield yeah, yeah, where yeah. a lot of the, the whole congregation came from the nation of Islam to Sunni Islam through his son. I okay, so I I mean you might know more about this particular situation, but I thought he was kicked out, or did he leave under his own volition, or did like, I thought he was kicked out? So from the readings that I, that I read, man, he he told his he told. Elijah Muhammad that he was going to take it towards Sunni Islam and like from what I read I don't know how certain this is or if it was written from a biased perspective but the reading I read said that his dad was like allowing him to do that like told him gave him to go ahead to do so oh okay but then he passed and started doing it and a lot of the people in the nation that were stuck on their you know racial mythologies and things like that didn't like what he was doing nah so that's when they decided to put Farrakhan in charge and move him out and he ended up starting up his own little Sunni group kind of deal, you know what I mean? Like a black Sunni. Yeah, that's what Sunni. I thought. And and it, it brought a lot of people to Sunni Islam. I was even reading something that said that he brought the most people in American history to Sunni Islam. Because I always thought, I was under the impression it was Malcolm X. But they said he brought more than Malcolm X to Sunni Islam. That wouldn't surprise me. He was around longer too. Longer, yeah, because Malcolm X was only Sunni for three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas he's been in Sunni for years, but yeah. Mashallah, may Allah protect him. I mean, yeah, man. Uh, I, but when I look back at their their trajectory and like their motion of growth, like if we were looking at it on like a, a charting system, you know, what I mean, they're declining, and I wonder what's going to happen when you know. I'm not speaking death on nobody, and you know, I may Allah guide him and you know even preserve him, you know, Farrakhan. Oh yeah. But what happens when he passes, you know? What, what 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 direction do you think that the nation goes from there? Yeah, who's the voice? Like, cause I've I've asked myself this internally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think that they they got a brother. You ever heard of Nori? Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the most? He's not Farrakhan. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I I agree. So I agree. I hear you. And there's there's a few other ones that I've seen that that have taken up that mantle, mm-hmm. but like when you like they do things. Obviously, you're an individual. You do things your own individual way. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't see them having the same pool that Farrakhan. Because Nori is based in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Michigan, one or two. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But like you, those guys, they can they can definitely speak. <laughs> yeah, he can talk. He's eloquent, but I'm just saying he's not. No, to no, carry that mantle, like yeah, yeah. that's a heavy one. To, you know that's, what I mean? Them footsteps is, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna be able to feel those? And I, I wonder, like, and you know, the Sunni is almost growing at a rapid rate. Like, I'm wondering what what is the rate of those brothers and sisters who are gonna come over to Sunni Islam, and how is that gonna impact the demographic? You know what I mean? Like, even like Philadelphia is a good example of that. Like, they had a lot of brothers originally who were in the nation, but now 
they got a big Sunni demographic there. You know what I mean? I don't think it's gonna go any. I, I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. I just think it's gonna get to a point where it plateaus and it just stays at this plateau because there's always gonna be a group of black people who are gonna feel that message. Mm-hmm. It's gonna feel like, you know what? What y'all saying is right. Mm-hmm. I do feel like we deserve more. I do feel like you know black power, black and black empowerment. Um, I should say, and like the the development of the communities and stuff like that. Because you know, um, I feel like they were trying to recapture kind of like what Black Wall Street was, where you know, like where we had our own businesses on transportation, and before it got burned down and stuff like that. So I think that uh, I think that there's always going to be somebody who follows that that vision. Mm-hmm. However, I think that that plateau mark is quickly approaching if it hasn't already mm-hmm. happened. Um, and then also, outside of that, if we're being completely honest, I won't even say the rise of Sunni Islam is the reason why the plateau. I think the real reason why the plateau is we don't have enough parents actually implementing some type of structure in the home, especially in the black family. So you're straying away in that regard. Mm-hmm. And then um, we are not slowly, we are fastly approaching a Western society that wants to do without God. So with that being the case, I think that actually is the the biggest detriment to their movement because the whole thing is structure, discipline, Mm -hmm. um, um, and community empowerment. That's their whole structure. Mm -hmm. But if you now having families or lack of families, kids in broken homes because they will carry the mantle of their parents and broken homes and they want to do without will. Why would they? Why would they indulge in that structure? Some could say the opposite could be true. Well, them will be the main ones that come over. Sure, that could be the case. Right. But if that was the case, then it would have already happened. Their numbers would start have already been booming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm interested to see see the route that it takes, man. Uh, I really, you know, I feel like that's when America is going to have its biggest change of when our community specifically starts moving towards Islam. You know what I mean? It starts taking on. Cause it's 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 bound to happen at the rate that it's on the spread, and not just birth rates, but as well as like conversion rates. You know what I mean? Don't we already have the largest Muslim community? I'm sorry. Nah, and Black Americans don't we make up the large largest portion of right now? Of Muslims, yeah, in America. But yeah. I'm saying like when 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 the percentage changes and the majority of Black people are Muslim. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? When that change happens. That's when things I think are most really like. I think when that happens, our community changes. I think the yeah. the music goes away. Yeah, I think the the praising and worshiping of money and idols goes away. Mm-hmm. And you see the celebrity yeah. is already changing due to how like when we were kids, but a celebrity was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, there's social media. Anybody could be a celebrity. Yeah, if you're big on social media, you're a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. So celebrities becoming a, a normal thing. There's Water so down. many celebrities in your community already. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that one, like you said, once those other things become watered down like that as well, it's going to take a drastic change. I think it's going to be for the better, for sure. You know what I mean? Like Islam, implementing Islam is always going to make things better. Yeah, my only thing, the only thing to that is, uh, you know, the saying: Islam began as something strange and never returned to something strange. Mm-hmm. So, good, good, good tidings to the stranger. Mm-hmm. So, so like, what, like, yeah, I get, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, but like. Ooh, it just hit me. And this definitely spurred a moment. To that saying, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't mean like strange as in strange, like I don't get it. Maybe it means that we're going to lose our way to what Islam and what a Muslim is supposed to be, right? You're just a Muslim by label. Because, yeah. you know, Islam is, is not a religion. It's a way, it's a lifestyle. It's an act to, to do, to be submissive. Mm-hmm. But if you're not practicing, then you've lost your way. Then you, yeah. it's strange to you. Yeah, yeah. Like if you, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Or my parents said I had to do this. You don't really, you didn't do the research, so it's strange to you. I don't want to wear the hijab. You didn't, you didn't read the Quran. You didn't see what Allah says about it. You didn't see how it's a protection for you. So it's strange to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what because it's also going to get to a point where I, like holding on to our deen is like holding on to hot coal. Right. So you put those two sayings together. And you look at the world that we exist in right now, mm-hmm. like Western society right now. Is it not hard? Is it not hard to hold on to your dean right now? Mm-hmm. Like hard. Like yeah. is it is it not is it not strange when um when you when you see certain things like 
you, you could be playing the game or whatever. You could be out and about and prayer come in and you see yourself going to prayer, but then you know somebody who's a Muslim and they don't go to prayer. That's strange, yeah. right? So it's like, it's not a judgmental thing. It's just like, that's strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we already in that space. Yeah. And I think that's what actually will block the 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 global outlook of kind of like what we were discussing before. Like, is it going to expand? Yeah, it could expand, but to what degree? Mm-hmm. To like the Manafikun expansion or the the false expansion or real expansion? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, all right, the risk that we're going to conversion, you know what I mean? But then it, Dilute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's unique. That's unique, bro. I ain't thinking about it like that. Because if you look at if you look at now, right, we got. I, I'm trying to refrain. Like, we have YouTube. Um, we have like different sources of media. Um, teachers on YouTube, and then you have YouTube shakes. Mm-hmm. So you have people who come out and they want to disrespect and challenge these teachers who put put forth time. Mm-hmm. Right. You. It's okay for you to ask questions. Islam invites anybody to ask questions. Right. Yeah. However. Like, if you get to a point where you feel like you know more than a teacher, which which you don't, but you, you know what I'm saying, you're disrespecting them, like, then our pathways to knowledge then becomes blocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is the respect for the scholars? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because people nowadays, and, but even like, okay, because as we came into the religion, when I came in, I had I had zeal as well, you know? Like, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, but I remember thinking like, how come nobody can become Muslim? I became Muslim. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, they must not. They must think I just did this on a whim. Like, ain't nobody interested. You know what I mean? <laughs> Verbal sparring, though, and like in that, in that, in that eagerness is not what I'm referring to, though. You know what I'm talking about? Like when people watch a video, be like, oh, he doesn't follow my school of thought, so his school of thought is wrong, yeah, yeah, or this is that yeah. the third. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, in, in Islam, the beautiful thing is when somebody, like, if somebody who is a, a a liar, right? Somebody who's a liar, they they foul, right? But they to- they tell you a truth. Does that change the truth? No, the truth is the truth. The truth is the truth no matter who said it, no matter where it comes from. So, if you got a teacher who's teaching about Islam, who's teaching, who's he, he's upon the hawk, like he's truly just in his intention. We don't know his intention, but what we see, we gather that he's trying to teach what's right. Mm-hmm. Why then have the audacity to like slander or tear down this man? Like, oh, he did this. Oh, we know that he does that. Listen, look, we just because you're a teacher, Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you're not a, 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 a fallible. Doesn't mean that yeah. you that you don't have flaws. Doesn't mean yeah. that you don't make Everybody mistakes. Does. Everybody does. Yeah, and we're you're not supposed to hold them up into this high regard anyway in Islam. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. They're just the teacher. Yeah. They're just the man. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you look at a person like that, that also shows a flaw in your own thought process. Yeah. Like you held them up on this pedestal that they didn't ask for. Right, and you shouldn't be doing anyway, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't know that if you don't study, right? So again, it's strange. Yeah, yeah, because even like positioning people in their proper place is important. Yep. Because in the same in the same breath that you're saying that, we also have to be mindful of the fact that the most beneficial people to to mankind are the scholars of Islam, really. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the people who memorize Quran and, and assume that in our perspective are those are the celebrities. You know, those are the ones who, who you should be in awe of, really, you know. But, like you said, understanding that they're, they're people. They're going to fall short. They're going to make their sins. You know what I mean? It's, it's balancing those. You know what I mean? You got to balance things in, in this thing, especially in this doing. You know what I mean? Moderation. Exactly, exactly. Which which is something that Islam teaches very clearly. But if you listen to the media and the news and the outside world, they'll tell you that Islam is extremist religion it's very funny and also probably the main reason why you don't see too many teachers or people with knowledge address that statement Mm -hmm. because why would they Mm -hmm. like you're speaking without knowledge it's clear that you're speaking without knowledge I'm not going to address something you know what I'm saying what is it lions don't uh, what is what's the saying don't care about the opinion of sheep yeah lions Mm -hmm. don't care about the opinion of sheep Mm -hmm. yeah I always wonder I always wonder how this now this is a bit you know we're diverting here but how do you feel like the media ended up becoming such an influential thing? Because I remember studying psychology and we, we were talking about propaganda and how it impacted the Jewish people in, in Hitler's reign. You know, like how he used propaganda to to move the masses into believing something so so far-fetched. 
And I feel like that that same thing happens with like people's view on Islam. Like, you know, nine eleven happened and even even mine, I was a young kid. And I remember how I started looking at, you know, Islam and Muslim culture through what I was fed through the media. You know, like how do you feel like that that how did media become the source of education? You see what I'm saying? Like how are you supposed to learn something through the like you you can watch the news and learn? I'm gonna touch on this and then we we'll we'll wrap up because that's gonna be for like a bigger episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, the news and the media. Do you believe it to be a tool? It's not misused, but I think you yeah, can yeah. use any tool wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so. That's what I'm getting at. So I feel like it's always been a tool. I feel like it's always been like the newspapers. There's those things are always been a way to spread the word, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are a person or people or government that has an agenda you don't want anything that would challenge or break the ideology of that agenda yeah the main thing that you even hear about islam from our from western media is being extremists mm-hmm. and they scared about sharia law mm-hmm. right yeah and jihad, <laughs> and jihad mm-hmm. which they don't even know the real meaning of yeah, jihad yeah, so yeah. i don't i'm not even going to get into that, yeah, we say that for but like those three things are like the the boogeyman or the taboo words. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's do something simple. Sharia law. The human most most people in the West don't know what Sharia law means. However, let me tell you what the government is really afraid of. Sharia law will get rid of taxes. It will get rid of riba. Yes. You think the you think capitalist America want to get rid of that? Nah. End of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> like in like, the discussion. Yeah. Also, extremists. Let's address it. There there are millions. Millions of Muslims in the world, most of them just want to live their life, mm-hmm. don't want to be bothered. And you're associating the act of some unruly group to a whole, like a whole belief system, a whole, a whole yeah, group of, yeah, the last, like, there you go. That's almost a fourth of the world. Like, there you go. So we already have a large number. If all this, this large group of people was all for that type of ideology, bro, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be no more world, bro. Yeah, seriously. So, so like those, it's just dumb. Like in my opinion, like it's dumb, but we know that it's a tool. We know, we know that that tool has a, um, has a backing Mm -hmm. that has a, that has a, um, um, agenda behind it, Mm -hmm. you know, and the easiest agenda to push is, this is America. This is what we stand for, and then this is this enemy, and they stand. They stand for something that's not what we stand for. So they are the enemy. Yeah. America has to start a war every ten years, and I'm gonna leave that one at that. Mm. They have to start a war every ten years. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, so I want to ask you one last question before we get out of here. What 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 is your vision? What is your hopes for the Black American people moving forward with Islam? Um. I want my community, our community, to stop killing each other. Mm-hmm. I want us to stop thinking that it's cool to be in the streets. Mm-hmm. I want us to stop glorifying the sleeping around with multiple women, mm-hmm. money, clothes, cars, and hoes. Mm-hmm. I want us to stop glorifying doing your activity. I want us to really um, to seek and uh, to seek knowledge and empower our mind, and therefore, um, like uh, like like the fire in our soul to become better humans overall, not just for our own personal well being, but for each other. Yeah. The best way, excuse me, to fix anything is to start from within. So, whether that be a smile. Rather that be doing some charity work without seeking the attention that you're doing charity work. I just I just think that we've we, we are a community that is really strong and really powerful, but we don't know how strong or powerful we are because we keep spinning the wheel. Um so my hope for us is to um when you see wrong, you know, I understand that people have hell triggers, but do so respectfully. Like if you see something wrong in the street, you see brothers going at it, like try to stop it. Yeah. We 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 already fighting the uphill battle. Let's not contribute to that uphill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that's my hope for the for the community and I and I hope that Allah continues to expand our community with those that are knowledgeable, those that are true, 
those who want to walk in light, those who want to walk in hot, so that we may um, do be be proper slaves, and I mean that in the most respectful way um, to, to to a law. And and if we if we act with empathy and we act with mercy, then we will continue to grow and expand by the will of Allah. It's always love, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. And thank y'all for tapping into it to the first episode of the new season of Black Academia. We appreciate y'all. It's nothing but love and respect to everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He said, Salam alaikum, bro. Alaikum salam. Salam alaikum to y'all. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Stay tuned. It's going down. We we bringing it and we we coming we coming with love. I that honestly like we coming with heat, but we coming with love. Cause I want to see people grow and expand. I want to see people enjoy this. I want to hear y'all feedback and insight. Hit me up uh, on Anchor and let me know you know topics and suggestions y'all might have, and, and leave comments, man. We, we gonna make it happen, inshallah. But salam alaikum. Uh, peace be with y'all, and uh, we'll see you soon.